friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philibon. So I have a confession to make. When we were about to begin recording this episode, I kid you not, I heard this noise to the right of me and this very large stink bug just decided to fall out of the sky. I don't even know. There's a lamp next to me. Maybe it fell out of the lamp, but this giant stink bug literally fell right next to my microphone and I freaked out. I was like, what is that? And so I went to go get a glass from the kitchen, put the glass over the stink bug and I think I have trapped it. But if at any point in the middle of this interview, you hear me shriek or scream, it's because possibly the stink bug escaped and has landed somewhere on my body. Okay, that's where we are today. Welcome back, listeners, to another, um, I guess, another episode filled with bugs of There's No People Like Show People. I am so excited to be chatting with one of the sweetest, most endearing people that I know. I mean, just a true heart of gold and such a wonderful friend. We met in Missouri a couple years ago at the Maples Repertory Theater, where we were both working on a production of Quilters. And now he works at the Fireside Dinner Theater in the box office. Welcome to the podcast, Michael Ferringer. Hello. Okay, my first question has to be, do you have any stink bugs where you are? Um, so normally we do have stink bugs. Uh, I do think they're going to start uh, popping out and coming to life because we're finally getting out of that Arctic uh, like negative degree weather now. So they're going to start to come to life. But yes, uh, normally they do. And up here, they do like to try and attack you out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but but as, as far as you know, you are currently in a stink bug free environment. <laughs> I am knock on wood. I no bugs haven't seen them in a month living that luxury life of <laughs> No bugs in my apartment up here. So hopefully that stays like that for a while. <laughs> well, that is good. And are you, you're in Wisconsin right now, yes? I am in Wisconsin. I'm in a, a beautiful town called Milton, Wisconsin. It is like 45 minutes, I'm going to say 45 minutes away. I'm not sure which direction it is, if it's north, south, or east, or west of me uh, away. And then I'm an hour south of Milwaukee. So I have two good cities I'm in between of that I can go and just have a fun day if I want to. You know, I, I did a children's theater tour all throughout the state of Wisconsin in the winter. So yes, there was a lot of snow <laughs> on the ground, but I have to say out of everywhere in the, in the country that I've traveled to, Wisconsin is filled with such pleasant people. Oh yeah. Up here, like when I first started working, everyone was, um, just super sweet. You would think being like out of six months or like half half the year being super cold, people would be upset and not 
and be like miserable and everything, but everyone keeps uh, high spirits up here and just uh, stays positive all the time. I know I fit in very well when I came up here with it. <laughs> when well, I came up here. well, because you, you're not originally from Wisconsin. I'm not. So I'm actually where I, where I work, I'm an hour and a half South up here. So I'm actually uh, originally from Amboy, Illinois, uh, which is a, an even smaller town than what I live in now. Um, it's about 15 minutes away from where President Ronald Reagan grew up. That's usually where people go, oh, yeah, I know where that's at. And I go, yep, I'm 15 minutes away from there. <laughs> <laughs> where I live, I'm surrounded by corn, everything, like, as much as you can think of, like, country-wise, that is my, that is where I come from. <laughs> yes, a, a true Midwestern town. Oh, definitely. And I have been told since I've done uh, contracts that I have the Midwest uh, accent so bad. They go, you're from, you're from Chicago, aren't you? I'm like, well, I'm two hours, two and a half hours outside of it. They're like, oh yeah, you're from the Midwest. I went, okay. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but okay. <laughs> well, how did you, how did you get into theater? Tell me, tell me when you first fell in love with the theater. So when I first fell in love with theater, uh, I think I was, it was more of in sixth, sixth grade I was in, uh, I went and saw what uh, the high school that I went to, which was Newman Central Catholic High School. I uh, went and saw a production of Back to the, Back to the 80s. And so like halfway through it, I was just, I was having a great time. I actually wanted to go up on stage with them but uh, I knew I couldn't. So I leaned over to my mom halfway through and I said, I want to do this. Like when I get into high school, I, well, I kind of asked her, I was like, can I do this? And she's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And so like, ever since then I knew I was like, okay, I'm going to audition. So when I uh, finally became a freshman, we did uh, Fiddler on the Roof and I was like, so pumped. I was actually nervous. Let's be honest. I was not pumped to audition. I was like, just give me whatever role you want <laughs> and just let me be in the show. But yeah, so I really um, didn't really grow up doing theater. Uh, uh, I always, my parents knew I was going to go into the entertainment business somehow. They just didn't know what exactly I was going to do. I always was decorating and putting on shows for them. Uh, but never took like any classes or did uh, community theaters growing up. So my really big start was when I was a freshman in high school, I focused more on sports uh, growing up and through grade school, uh, did more basketball than that and uh, did gymnastics. So have a little bit of theater in there tossed in with gymnastics, but yeah, I, uh, it was more around sixth grade when I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so then where, where did you go to college? So I um, ended up going to Sauk Valley Community College, which uh, is in between my hometown and where I went to high school. I ended up running cross country there and getting a full scholarship for two years because I thought, well, Nowhere else was really giving me scholarships. So I thought, well, I'm going to go to community college, get my gen eds out of the way because uh, I struggled with school. So I was like, there's no point of trying to go out on my own at the age of 18 when I knew I was going to struggle. So 
I went and ran, which uh, was not a huge fan of. With, uh, you would think, oh, why would you do it? Well, if you're going to pay my college, I'll run five miles. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, but it paid off. I could say that. So I went there and um, I ended up, so pretty much they, they almost like paid me to go to college. So I had more scholarships left over and I actually halfway through, they were like, oh, you have money left over. You need to spend. I was like, I, I don't know what to do, like spend it how? <laughs> They're like, you can get a laptop. So I ended up doing that because I had a scholarship on top of the cross country one. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, so I went to community college for two years. And then uh, actually a story that I usually don't tell anybody because it's more of a, um, for me, it was like a hard part in my life with it, but I've actually within the past few years have like just gotten over it. I, uh, after graduating from Sauk Valley, I went to Eastern Illinois. <clears throat> I made it two days before I realized how stressed out I was going to be, how I really didn't feel like I was going to learn anything and then ended up dropping out, called my parents, just crying, telling what called my dad actually, cause my mom was going to try and talk me into it. So I was like, well, I'm going to talk to my dad. I know he'll be on my side with this. <laughs> And so uh, I was like, I know I'm just going to be stressed. So I dropped out. And then three weeks later, that's how I ended up in Missouri. See, I, okay. I didn't know any of that. Exactly. I don't tell people because for me, it's like, just like, it's not a big devastation. People are like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. People tell, after I tell them that story, they always go, it is so good that you found out that you were going to be stressed before you tried, because they always say like, people who try to make it work always have the worst results in the end. And I just knew because they were tossing all this stuff at me at the beginning. And I was like, whoa, I was like, this is the first week, my Lord. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know you. You don't even know me. And so I, um, yeah, I ended up going home after two days going in. Luckily I didn't have to pay any, any of the loan, all of it went away. So, um, but yeah, then I ended up in Missouri. And uh, so about the first year and a half was when I was having like those in and out regrets of like, oh, um, I shouldn't have dropped out. It was more, it was kind of like regrets and wondering where I would have been at if I would have stuck it out. Like, mm -hmm. uh, would I have made it into Missouri? And then I, then I always think about like all of the wonderful people. And then like, I think about what I've met you, what I've met these other people, would I be up in Wisconsin now? So I always kind of wonder if there's like, I always have like that device to where you could ask it a question of where things would have taken you. I always wonder, but I never regret it anymore of dropping out because I'm actually happy of where my theater career has taken me to ever since then and all the wonderful people that I've met. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, everything happens for a reason and you're always, and, and I think this story is a good life lesson of to, if things aren't working out, don't try to force it, you know, oh, just, just kind of like go with the flow. And, and I think sometimes in life, 
I know, you know, speaking from my experience, like you really want something to work out or you really want to get, so whatever it is, you really want to get a job or you really want to live here, you know, and then for some reason, like no matter how hard you try, it's just not working. And so you have to be like, okay, maybe this is just not where I'm supposed to be. And I'm, this is the universe, a sign from the universe telling me that I'm supposed to switch directions and I'm supposed to go somewhere else. I'm supposed to be somewhere else for whatever reason. And usually it becomes clear later on. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> now oh. I know, now I know why yeah. I didn't get that job or why, you know what I mean? Or whatever happened. So I'm curious to know, how did you hear about Maple's Rep? So, um, for out of the two days that I actually went to Eastern Illinois, I actually got a great connection. Um, I don't know if many people actually know this, but um, I live by it and will always tell people who work in the backstage part of theater to go on to offstagejobs.com and there are postings for everything. If you are a costumer or a lighting designer, you should live on that page because there are, I always regret, like, I was like, God, I should have gone to school to be a lighting designer. I was like, there are jobs like no other on this page. And for like mine, I'm looking for house managers and box office uh, positions. And I'm like, good Lord, they're not looking for any of those people right now. So like, that's where I went and found it. And um, I was scrolling through and everything was like assistance or like stage manager, this and that. And I was like, oh God, I'm definitely not putting myself out for that. Cause I was like, I don't know anything. And so then I really, I don't even know how long I spent on that page. I don't think it was very long. Cause I uh, was kind of like starting to get my anxiety going, read, looking through it. Cause I was like, there is nothing out there for me for, and I felt like I shouldn't have dropped out, but then it was like, okay, I'm going to hit one more page and take a look at it. And like halfway through, I saw a house manager. I was like, oh, I really don't know what a house manager is. So I read the description. I was, it was like being a people person, taking tickets, doing this, doing that. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is everything I can do. This is amazing. So then I, um, I actually wasn't going to apply for it because for some reason I couldn't justify in my head that, um, that I could apply for this. Like we're out in the real world now, go get a job. This is what you want to do. Go apply for it. And so my parents actually had to say, apply for it. This is what you want to do. So I was like, oh, okay. Cause like for 12 or for even for many years of your life, you go to school and like you get told focus on your studies, theater comes second. So for me, I couldn't process like, oh, now theater comes first cause this is your career. So I ended up applying for it. Um, and then Todd reached out to me and said, uh, oh, oh, I, I don't even know what I sent him. I was like, what do you need exactly? Cause it like said, um, it kind of gave me a little bit of what description of it. So like I sent my resume, I was like, do you need anything else? And he's like, oh yeah, send this too. And then if you don't hear back from me in two weeks, reach out to me. <laughs> so Sure enough, Todd gets busy as he always does. And so I was like, hey, um, haven't heard back from you. He goes, oh yeah, uh, how do, and then so he calls me later on and we have an interview. Uh, the, like the funniest interview I've ever had with anybody because I personally felt like I sounded like an idiot on the phone. 
he was more intrigued about this one job that I worked at that I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this has nothing to do with theater. And so about a week went by and I shot him an email and I was like, hey, haven't heard back from you. And uh, he goes, oh yeah, I meant to send you this. I meant to send you your contract. Here it is. Can you be here within like a week or two? I was like, sure. So I <laughs> told my parents, I said, I'm going to Missouri. <laughs> So like it turned around so quick. And um, the funny thing about it is, so like before I was telling people that I was going to be on a podcast and that, so I was telling them stories about my theater just to jog my memory. Cause like you get so busy, you're like, okay, what have I actually done? <laughs> um, I told him, I said, when I got down there, I'm a person, so like I'm a very people person. I warm up to people super quick. So my first uh, about three weeks being there, I didn't talk to anybody. I went to work and went straight to my room afterwards because I was so nervous <laughs> that I didn't talk to anybody once I got there. And then like, now I tell people, once you hire me about, you'll get a week of that to where I'll be normal. And then I'll show you what you hired. This is what you got. And this is what you're stuck with. <laughs> Oh my, well, I feel like we need to talk a little bit about Maple's Rep because they are a beautiful theater. The theater is very historic. It was built in the late 1800s. I think it was eight, 1890, no. 1890 something. <laughs> 90 something, it's right up on the sign. I, I had that history in my head when I worked there. People would ask, I'd be like, I got you, I know this. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's, and they're getting renovated now. Did you see that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they moved the box office um, over to where you enter into the old lobby of the theater. Oh, and yeah. And then they're getting new seats. So the balcony, I don't know if you ever went up to the balcony. The balcony was scary up there. <laughs> I stayed out of there. Being a house manager, I may or may not have cleaned that like once every other week because I was not going up there <laughs> I only went up there when there were people <laughs> do you okay so do you think that the, that the theater is haunted yes because I <laughs> so there was one day it was in between the season and P, um, Todd sent me in to do something so I flipped on the lights and went in there and did it. And as I was leaving, I swear to God, I heard my name get whispered. I have never ran. And I flew off the stage. Like I jumped off the stage. I didn't even try to hit the steps and just went running out of the theater. And I said, I'm never going back in there as it's being dark. And Todd goes, it's not haunted. I said, um, Bull, I just heard my name in there. And Roger was there. He goes, you're hearing stuff. I said, yeah, the ghost in there. I'm out. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> well, see, I mean, you should be flattered that, that the theater ghosts know you by name, by first name. I, I probably was hearing things, but I, I'm so, it was the funniest thing too. They came out. I was like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> so what happened? You know what? Like, because that theater is so old, like I, I believe it. Like I, tr like I never saw or heard anything in there, but 
again, like I've only done one show there. So I feel like if I spent more time there, I, I bet you there probably are some spirits hanging, hanging oh, around. I, oh, I think so. Definitely. Like I put my heart and soul, like I love that theater so much. I keep in touch with people from like a majority of people from that theater so much. Roger, uh, Roger and I text each other all the time. We text uh, a lot during football season because he's a Kansas City Chief fan and I'm a Packer fan. So like our teams rarely meet, but we play teams that help out each other's teams to get into the playoffs. So we'll be texting each other. So like during the playoffs this year, he was texting texting me because we were hoping it was going to be a Packers Kansas City Chiefs uh, Super Bowl, but it didn't end up being that. So. <laughs> I know. I had a lot of people texting me that night after we lost. They were checking in to making sure that I was okay. <laughs> I put my heart into the Packers season. <laughs> well, so you were at Maple's Rep for a year and a half, right? Um, two and a half years. Two and a half. Oh, wow. Two and a half years. Yeah, that's a long time. And then, and then you're at Fires. You're at Fireside now. Fireside now and then in between that the summer of 2019 last summer two summers ago however you want to constitute it I was up in the mountains of uh Colorado in Creed Colorado at um Creed Repertory Theater that's right I can see I, that feels like so long ago I like completely forgot about that <laughs> It does. So today up on my time hop, it popped up that two years ago today, I signed the contract to actually go and work for them. When I woke up, I saw it and I was like, oh. Yeah. And I feel like almost two years ago, I was, uh, you know, birthing a baby over here. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so beautiful now too. Oh, thank you. I love seeing those pictures of her. That picture you posted today of her, such a cutie thank you she, um she is definitely a high energy very spirited little girl <laughs> which I is good i hear you she takes after her mom <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's a future future broadway star two broadway stars <laughs> that's right I, I, I hope broadway is listening right now I know, I hear you. Well, today they posted something about uh, they're going to be opening back up like 33% to select few theaters. Hey, so, that's exciting. I know, I read it. And I was like, oh, here we go. The light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter. Yeah, the, the, the wheels are returning. It is. That's what I'm happy about to see that. I know, I like, I get excited about when sports things, but when anything pops up with theater, I'm like, oh my goodness. Thank you, because now we can finally get some creativity back in this world. Yeah, yeah, because we need live theater. We need it. I hear you. That's the most thing, like, when I talk to people on the phone, uh, we get people who aren't positive about it, and you can tell that those are the people who, like, they just go to live theater. They don't really appreciate They just go to it because, like, someone dragged them to it. But then I get, like, 95% of the people are just, like, I can't wait until live theater comes back on and everything. And I'm, I'm going, I hear ya. I've started uh, really getting back into kind of like watching videos on YouTube of uh, when musicals would perform on like the Today Show and the Tony Awards, because uh, I was having a hard time watching, watching them at the beginning because it broke my heart so much that like, 
our industry got shut down the most and it's the one that the one industry everybody needs the most to get out of to forget about what's going on in this world yeah yeah and um how how has your pandemic experience been um so starting off it was stressful um because i dealing with unemployment and everything like everybody else was uh I couldn't ever get through to them and uh I was having issues because I was only so when it's the pandemic started I was six months of living in Wisconsin so I hadn't even been here a year didn't really um have enough I didn't have enough hours at the fireside to uh really even qualify for unemployment so i had to start pulling all of my other jobs that i worked at in the past 18 months which i didn't know that and so when i was getting through to unemployment people who i talked to kind of told me about it which it was something they had to do on their end so like i spent um oh my gosh (laughs) talking about but i'm so sorry talking about bugs i just had a spider no you didn't no you did not it is on my wall by my radiator about oh my god okay guys like this is the i don't i've not had a other single bug in like any other single i'm gonna kill it really quick hold on podcast but for some reason in this episode we have stink bugs we have spiders you know spring like spring the the bugs are coming out to play (laughs) and i told you i said before we started i said i normally don't have spiders here and then i just saw something drop and i was like what was that I hate spiders too. <laughs> oh, I, I like do not like. I don't like bugs. I don't like spiders. That stopped me dead in my tracks too. <laughs> okay, cool. Like I feel like I'm gonna call this episode Sarah and Michael and stink bugs and spiders. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but but back to the pandemic <laughs> but back to the pandemic so starting off it was stressful so for six weeks I wasn't getting any of my unemployment so I was dealing with unemployment um uh finally got that all taken care of when they told me what I had to do and then I was like I was at the end of my line so like Mike I don't ever get mad or mean with people but I was like just close to just getting mad I'm thinking all right just remember this person's waking up doing their job don't get angry at them um so they helped me out finally got paid so then after that um was kind of like when my mini little vacation started up again because um everything was still we were shut down at the fireside until oh goodness I think like the end are like close the week before or like the week the ending week of june was when we started to slowly kind of open up because we started postponing shows so they needed us to come in and help them out or like to take calls and get things moved around um so pretty much from uh that beginning part it really wasn't that bad um the one positive thing about it like i live close to my parents. So because, and I live by myself. So like I was able to go home because I didn't interact with, I didn't go out and about and do anything. I just went and did my grocery shopping. I got closer with my friends because they all uh, are single too. 
So like we would go for walks and that would be like my, literally my contact of anybody. Um, so like we would social distance outside. We would sit six feet away from each other and have drinks in the park with it when, cause it's beautiful. I'm like, I'm not going to sit inside. And I, <laughs> I'm an outdoorsy person. So, um, I mean, it really, I, I'm truthfully kind of blessed that it was like, it's not a, it wasn't good because my job got taken away from me for a little while, but I was able to grow stronger and closer with my friends because moving up here in Wisconsin, I actually have no family members that live in Wisconsin. The closest family members are my parents an hour and a half away from me. So I moved up to a completely unknown place no friends. So like during that time I got closer, I got to know them, they got to know me. And then, um, and then we started back up with work and everything. But uh, for the most part, I've had my ups and my downs during it as everyone has. But for the most part, it's been a lot of ups because I uh, ended up crafting a lot. I, uh, so when I was at Missouri, I got taught how to knit. So I knitted all my friends, uh, Christmas gifts during that time. I knitted uh, blankets. I learned how to, I knitted a sweater. Didn't know how to do that. I just was like, well, I'm going to put this piece here and that piece here and let's hope for the best. And I was like, well, I'll be, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> but yeah. And um, what's really neat is like the fireside is, uh, so it's family owned. And the fun, the great part about it is, is, uh, the box office people, they're uh, all my uh, uh, co-workers, they are just family members of my own as well. So we would all like almost weekly would Zoom with each other because you go every day seeing each other to then having that just taken away. So then we were all, so about a month into it, we started Zooming once a week with each other and having cocktail hours. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and so like, we were all keeping in touch with each other and that so that's the the one thing with me is like I love keeping in touch with everybody so I would almost like every other day was zooming or facetiming or talking to somebody to keep in touch with them so that it just kept me saying and uh, keep me saying up here because I live by myself up here so like spending 24 hours with yourself you start to learn a lot about yourself and you're like oh goodness I need to talk to someone because I'm <laughs> I'm about to fight with myself <laughs> yeah well and I'm I'm sure it was very lonely oh it was and you can only watch so much tv before that starts actually getting old I never thought that would be an issue until you get through about two two or three seasons of a show in one day and you go oh no, I need to do something with my life. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, I need some kind of a any kind of human connection with the outside world. Definitely. Oh, and like, you're trying to make, you're trying to make the right decision when you're going out, trying and like not to interact with people, but at the same time, um, like other people have said in the previous podcast, like we're not meant to live alone or be alone. And I personally am not meant to be alone either I end up start talking to myself when that starts happening <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah so like that's how I, I just got so lucky with my friends that uh we were able to go out and go for walks when we were uh 
and be able to chat with each other and just keep in touch. And uh, during that time, that was, uh, and they're all sportsy fans too. So they, we would, uh, we would make it fun and have like theme days when we'd go out and walk. So there was one day I remember I said, all right, everyone wear your brewer's stuff. So we all went for a walk. We like, I think I had the game up on my phone. I usually always do no matter where I'm at, I'll have it set and right there. If it, it's sporting season, just watch where my, my eyes go and you'll see a phone. <laughs> Even when I did do theater, I will have it when I was in Missouri and in Creed, I would have the games propped right there. The funny part about it was, is I would have people walk up and ask me what the score was. Because <laughs> they knew that you would know. They did. So like in Missouri, people would be like, what's the Kansas City? What's the Chiefs score? I was like, I don't know. I'm a Packer fan. I can tell you that score. <laughs> but yeah, but besides that, it was, uh, it's been an okay uh, pandemic for me. Yeah. Well, it's- I got a lot. You've been oh, finding ahead. you've been finding ways to 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 keep busy and stay and you know and finding ways to connect with people, which is good. Exactly, and I the one thing I did more was exercise a lot more. So like I so when I get bored, I'm a an oddball. I when I get bored, I will start walking and I'll start running. So this summer, I signed up for two five virtual 5Ks and one half marathon because I got so bored that I was like, well, I'm going to train for a half marathon. Why not? There's nothing else to do. So I went out and did it. And people were like, why? I was like, well, because I was tired of sitting around and drinking. I was like, I need to get up and do something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my liver will thank me for this. <laughs> Well, I, what are some things that, that you, that you've struggled with when it comes to theater and this business? Because I know, you know, and I think hearing your perspective is interesting to me because my struggles are like, you know, the actor's struggle or the director. So, you know what I mean? Like, so you're like on a different side of theater. So like, what are some things that you struggle with? So, um, the one thing that I do struggle with, uh, going back to dropping out of college with it is one of the bigger struggles. So because I, I personally felt like I didn't get the experience like I could have if I would have stuck it out with school. So I actually struggle with self-confidence in this business of knowing what my strengths are. So what, um, there's been jobs where I didn't apply for, uh, cause I was going to school to be an assistant stage manager. So I, there were certain things in the job descriptions that I didn't understand or know what they were because I've never had to do it. So I thought, well, it would be like one or two things. It wouldn't even be, and it was nothing even like dramatic. It was something I would have learned at the job. All I would have had to do was tell them, hey, I really don't know what this means. What exactly am I supposed to do? And they would have explained it. But because I'm always afraid to fail because I don't want to, I wouldn't apply for them. So I kind of missed out on, I felt like missing out on job opportunities because I would let that get in my way of applying for certain jobs just because the way they would list job descriptions. So I didn't have confidence in that I could do that. Yeah. Do certain yeah. jobs. That, yeah. I mean, that that's, I completely relate to that so much there's so many things that I didn't apply for or didn't audition for because I just thought 
well, I'm not good enough or they're not going to cast me. So just why bother? And like, that's so sad to me. Oh, it is. Yep. Like I wanted to apply and work on a Disney cruise and, um, uh, there was like a description of like all the other job things of it. I, I had, I could do all of it. And then I forget what it was, what they had listed. I was like, I just don't have that experience. And I sure as heck don't want to get out on a cruise and then fail at this because I was like, then what do I do? They put me on a little raft boat and send me back to shore and hope for the best. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's not, that's not good. So yeah, there was like, there's a, a lot of big opportunities I felt like I didn't apply for because I was just too nervous and just had self-doubt with it that I couldn't do it, but. Yeah, well, once, you know, who knows when the pandemic is gonna be over. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that it was going to still be going on. Um, no, none <laughs> no. of us up here, that's for sure. <laughs> No, um, I, I very foolishly thought it was going to be over in like a month or two. And now here we are a, over a year later and it's still going on. But oh. what is, how do you want to see the world change after all of this? Um, so like I kind of said before with it, after this all changes, I kind of hope that theater gets that attention as like sporting events does. I hope that it becomes an essential job or an essential thing in this world that people see and just realize so like in schools it always seems like the booster club are always raising money for new uniforms or new thing like money for their sports teams and that which don't get me wrong I'm a very I'm all about sports and everything with it but when it comes to theater I feel like that's an area where uh people go to forget about things that are going on in their life for an hour and a half to two and a half hours, however long the show is, to where they are able to escape reality and go to this world that is just lights and beautiful costumes and everything, to where they, um, yeah, to where they could be swept away. So I'm just kind of hoping that theater becomes that essential job to where, um, like, uh, I know what I'm trying to say, it just won't come out. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know exactly what what you're saying because I feel the same way. Um, right, especially like when you're in school and like middle school and high school, and it shouldn't be like sports shouldn't be more important than the play or the musical or drama club or they should be more equal. Because you're right. I think sometimes, and especially when it comes to school funding and money there should be just as much money put into the arts, into theater and dance and choir and you know what I mean? Stuff like that as there is put into soccer and baseball and hockey and football. And like, you have to spread the wealth and not one is, is better than the other and not one is more important than the other. Like they're all equally important. And, and you're right because I, I, I mean, I know a lot of places the arts funding is just either non-existent or it or it's it the budget is just not like sport it's like sports are more important for some reason and I don't understand I don't get that I don't understand that like they should all be equally important oh definitely yeah because like I mean if you think about it our bodies are only like we're only able to do sports and like physical activity for a certain amount of time in our life before we start getting like 
uh, body aches and like to where it's going to affect us the next day. But when it really comes to theater, you can do art your whole entire life to where it's not like even up into your 70s, 80s, you're able to still do theater. But when you hit 70 and 80, you're not going to still be going out and playing football or playing baseball. So like, I feel like they should put more, more uh, making theater more essential with it because you only get a certain amount of time in your life to where you're going to be at the prime time for uh, um, sports or being active, but with theater, there's always going to be a role for you somewhere in some type of a show, because it might be once you're younger, you're going to be a dancer and you're going to be doing all the more active parts. And then once you get older, you start playing those parent parts and that. So like, there's always a role for you, no matter how old you get for theater. But when you play sports, I mean, I'm still young, but there's still days where I wake up and go, Oh, I shouldn't have done that shouldn't have played that game yesterday. Like I'm feeling that in my, like in my hip or my side or something the next day or in my legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't got to tell me twice. I, I, most days I feel like old mother Hubbard over here. <laughs> so I went for a two mile run after. So like I go for a five mile walk every morning. And then if I get like a burst, I'll go, Oh, okay. I'll go for a run later in the day. I went for a run after work today and I was like, I don't even want to move out of my chair. I was like, my legs hurt. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it was a good thought. It should have stayed in my thought as I'm going to go run and I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> uh, so I have, I've been going to the YMCA six days a week and uh, I do like a little, like I, I'd say like 45, 50 minute workout, which has some cardio, some stretching, some strength training stuff. And my favorite part of the workout is at the very end, I sit down in this, and there's like a little like lounge area where there's like never anybody in there. And I sit down in this like comfortable chair for five minutes by myself <laughs> I'm like this is the best part of the workout when I get to sit in this, when I get to sit in this chair for five minutes and like scroll through Instagram. <laughs> that, that is the I know when I was like there, um, oh god, I think it was the summer of 2018, and I was like actually working out. There'd be days where I was like, oh, when you just lay there after you're all done, you're just like, this is the best part. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd be like, you need to start doing this. No, I feel great. I'm just going to lay here. This is a good workout. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious to know what advice would you give to, to the youth of today who are interested in making a career out of the arts or what advice would you have given your younger self? Um, to go along with like both of those, I would just be, I would give the advice of like, not being, don't be afraid to fail in life. Cause I always get told by my parents and that when uh, failing in life, isn't always the bad thing because you're always going to learn from it. People don't want to see you fail in life. So once, once you like, and it's not even calling it failure. Once you accidentally make a mistake, you're going to learn from it and you're going to build because you're not going to make that mistake again. Cause you don't want to have whatever experience after happened, you're never going to want it again. So you're always going to learn. So like never being afraid to make a mistake in theater, because that's only going to make you stronger and make you a better performer, make you a better 
box office person, stage manager. There's only, after you fail, there's only room to improve and there's always, you're always going to build up. Right. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, not being afraid to make a mistake. Take a risk. Yeah. Like look foolish or, and, and again, you can, if, something isn't working out or, or you don't like something or, you know, you can always, you can always move. You can always change directions. You can always do something else. And within the theater, there are so many different kinds of like, you don't have to just be an actor or just work in the box office or just be a lighting designer. You can do like 10 different jobs and kind of see what you like best and, and sort of where you fit best. Oh, definitely. It's always good to all like branch out and try all different areas in theater because the more you know in theater, the farther you're going to go in this business because if people find out, oh, you did that, they're going to hire you on or keep you longer because you know how to do this and they don't have to train someone. So that's the one thing that I found out really quick in this is learn as much as you possibly can because it's only going to help you painting sets at night, you might think it's like a horrible job to have to do, but in theory, like it's going to help you in the long run of like knowing or helping out someone hanging lights or stuff. Cause you're, yeah, it's only learning opportunities. That's nothing as a punishment. You should see, look at it as a learning opportunity. Yes. It's not a punishment. It's an opportunity. <laughs> yep. That's what I always do. That's what I always took it as. <laughs> And I know, I mean, I feel like at Maple's Rep, I, you had like 10 different jobs, you, you know, and, and somehow I'm like, oh, just Michael Ferringer, he just knows how to do everything at this point. <laughs> I did. I helped keep that place running when I was there with it. I'm like, because I was always, I was always open to like, you need this? Yep. I can help you with it. I'll, I'll go and do that. Give me like one second. I just got to finish this job and then I'll be right on to it. And then, so I would go and do it. And that was the one thing uh, when I ended up taking the job at Creed, I think Todd was bummed out. Cause he was like, Oh man. Cause he knew like he had a good hardworking person. And that's what I've been told like with Roger and that, like you're a hard worker. Like he wants to keep you around as long as you can. But then at like some point, you also have to make the decision on when you're ready to move on and start uh start trying other things and so that's what I did I actually wanted to see I wanted to actually make sure that I could get hired at other places as well because I was more afraid like oh this is the one theater like I'm only going to be able to get hired at this is the only one that was going to take the opportunity with me so that's what I actually did was started kind of branching out and looking to make sure like okay this isn't just a fluke like other places will hire me as well well, I mean, I knew that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll hire you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> also, I know that you have nannying experience. So <laughs> oh I feel like you're the kind of person who you're like, yes, I will organize your tickets and I will help paint this thing and I'll make a cross stitch and I'll know the Packer score and I'll, and I'll take, and I'll feed your baby and I'll go to the gym with you. And like, you, you know, like you just know how to do a million things. And so oh, I do. 
we have to leave our listeners. Well, I, well, I, 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 the last question I usually ask people is, do you have a favorite theater memory or story that you would like to leave our listeners with? (laughs) And I definitely, I think you already know what I'm going to say. It's on my list too. (laughs) I was showing people this picture today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what, do you want to tell the story? Do you want me to tell it? Um, you, you go ahead and tell it. And then okay. if there's anything you leave out, because I, <laughs> the only best part that I have from it is the facial expression that I made when you asked me this question. And like, since they can't see it and I told people it too, I was like, I got asked this question. I was like, what? Sure. <laughs> I said, I would, I'm so glad I said yes, but you go ahead and say it. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, for those of you who know me and for those of you who don't know me, I'm very weird. I'm a weird person and I just have these, sometimes I have these weird, crazy ideas that just come into my mind and I don't even know why, but we were in the middle of, we were doing quilters, quilters performances, and they were also rehearsing Shout, the mod musical. And me for that night, they had rehearsal and me and Michael Ferringer were the only two people who did not have to be in in rehearsal because I wasn't in that show. So everybody else was busy. We didn't have anything to do. It was Friday the 13th. And I had this crazy idea. I'm like, Michael, let's do you want to go to the graveyard? And do you want to have a photo shoot for Friday the 13th? And let's just like take a bunch of pictures of us in the graveyard for Friday the 13th. Like, what? Like, okay. Cool. And of course he said, yes. <laughs> and this is like my favorite, one of my favorite memories because, and I created this whole album on Facebook and there's a picture of the two of us in front of this tomb. And I like really hope that this isn't disrespectful, but we were like holding hands and we kind we look like the twins from The Shining. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, well, could... he literally has the picture pulled up on his phone right now. <laughs> so that's my version of, of the story. Do you have anything you'd like to add? That was like spot on of how I told everybody about it. And like, all I remember is uh, the people who were housing you, the Snyders, you were like, and Dwayne came and he's like, oh, what are you two up to? We're going to go take pictures in the cemetery. Would you want to come join us? And he's like, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. You two have fun though. And he like drove away after that. (laughs) I just remember, oh, we were walking around and we were also like looking for like, who was in there? Uh, who was like the oldest person that was in there as well? It, it turned into an adventure, like as we were doing it too. <laughs> I mean, like on it, like what else were we gonna do on? It, I know it was there like was... A Friday, like late afternoon, early evening, and we're in the middle of Macon, Missouri. Yeah, everything was closed because it was Friday, so they were shutting down because I think they had a football game in town, so everybody was going to that. 
we had nothing. I was just going to go home and watch Netflix that night. And I was like, mm. I was like, yes, I want to go. And <laughs> that is why we became friends instantly. Because <laughs> after that night, I was like, oh, this is why we became friends. We both have the same idea of like going out and just doing this, the most bizarre things. I'm all for it. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad because we have some great photo memory. I'm wearing this like long black dress with this like flowy scarf. It was I remember very, we were trying to toss it in the air to get the wind to catch it to get a picture. It was very, it was very dramatic. Oh, uh, that was such a fun. I tell everybody that story when it comes around Friday the 13th or just even October 13th. It doesn't even have to be a Friday. That memory will live on with me forever because I always tell people this was the greatest day ever and you don't even know why. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today on the podcast. And you are always such a joy and just, you know, one of the most positive, endearing people that I know. And I'm so glad that we've stayed in touch so much over the years. And I just want to say that I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I know. I'm so happy that we've stayed in touch. I know, uh, wasn't it like right after you went to the Circa 21 after that? And I found out you were going there and I was like, Sarah, I'm coming. I don't care what I have to do. I will be there. Even if we just meet and go for drinks, I'm coming to see you. And we were away from each other for a month and a half, I think. And it was like, we were, we hadn't seen each other in years of how we reacted. We were just so happy to see each other. I know it was so sweet. And you brought your mom with you. I did. Yes. She was so happy. It was, yeah, it was such a fun experience with the two. Cause that was my first, um, dinner theater experience. Oh, wow. And, and look, now you're working at one. <laughs> and now I'm working at it. I know. I actually wanted to work up here cause I came up here and saw, um, we remember Lori Sutton. Mm -hmm. She worked up here and, um, I came and saw her in the church basement ladies. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I told her, I was like, I really want to work here because from what I heard, people said the fireside is like the Disney world or Disneyland of theater. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know what that meant. And then once I started working there, I was like, oh, okay, I could kind of see it. Like it's a, it's a very nice, a high end place and that. So I was like, oh, well, I can see it. And that's when I go sometimes I was like, oh, how did I get hired here? If that's the case, like I... <laughs> far from high-end classy anything like I that <laughs> because you deserve it that's why they hired you that's why <laughs> I was gonna say the classy part that's not it that's where that beer tree I was telling you about comes in the play of the <laughs> the five foot four or five foot five beer tree <laughs> class I mean it is that sounds appropriate for Wisconsin to me oh it definitely is that's how I fit in so well it's my my pandemic Wisconsin beer tree and yes I did decorate it for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> well all, all I have to say is that the spirits were high and Merry Christmas <laughs> they were they <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> we'll end that. 
Yes, I, I think I'm going to say that we are still alive. Uh, the stink bugs and the spiders did not did not get us. They did yet. not. <laughs> and listeners, wherever you are, thank you so much for continuing to subscribe to the podcast, download, share with all of your friends, follow on Instagram. Um, and I will see you back next week.